say welcome to all those of you who are joining us on YouTube and welcome everyone who is listening on podcast as well. We try and reach people every way we can. Hallelujah. I'm talking today about spiritual wounds. If you are physically sick, you go to the doctor. If you've got mental health issues, you can go to a psychiatrist. If there are emotional traumas in your life, we can go and see a therapist or a counsellor. But what do we do? What do you do? What do you do if you've got a spiritual wound? Are spiritual wounds a thing? Are they biblical? I'm here today to convince you that there are spiritual wounds and spiritual wounds can cross over into all areas of our lives, but not just that they're there, I'm here to tell you, God can heal us of these and we can recover. Hallelujah. You see, even after being born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, prayed a lot, some problems, unfortunately, seem like they can remain untouched in our lives. And they can be hurts and wounds uh, hidden in our memories or in our subconsciousness. And they may have happened years earlier. Even mature, decent Christians can have issues that linger on. And it's very important that as a community, a church, our logo is real people. We have to be real and say, you know what? I'm still struggling with something. I'm here today to suggest to you, maybe, the root of that issue is spiritual rather than mental, emotional, or physical. Because sometimes it can manifest in all of those areas. So I'm going to pray today. We meet on a Sunday morning at half past nine, 9.30, to worship and pray before we start at 10. And one of the people was praying that God would just open our ears to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to each individual. So I'm going to pray that now, that you, every one of you, here in person or online, would hear what you need to hear from today's word. Is that okay? Because God's word sets us free. His word is wonderful, and Jesus is the source of it. So I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move, and I ask you, God, that each one of us would hear what the Spirit is saying today. Lord, whatever verse, whatever issue, whatever solution comes out today that we need to hear, I pray our ears would be open and we would hear your whisper in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me begin with a verse from the book of Proverbs 18:14. It says, The human spirit can endure physical sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? You don't want to be physically sick. I don't want to be physically sick. But if we are, we can endure it and get better. But if your spirit, not your heart, your spirit is broken, can you really endure that? Can you really get through it? The Bible here is suggesting 
that's very difficult. So I'm here today to look at this issue and see how we can move forward. Sometimes I've heard messages preached years back where it was all about the problem. I always remember as a young Christian, a preacher preaching about the problem of sin and then he walked off the stage and we were all depressed for a few weeks afterwards. Like there was no hope, there was no solution. I'm here today to say, yes, we may have something going on, but Jesus can heal us and we can recover. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So how can you and I have a spiritual wound in our lives? Where can that come from? Here are some areas it can impact you. If you've had dealings with the occult, the occult means hidden. What is it? It's witchcraft, black magic, uh, the Ouija board at seances, trying to contact the dead. It can be a fortune teller. It can even be horoscopes. If we have dabbled in this in the past, years later, if we've never closed the spiritual door on that, we can have a wound in our souls, in our spirit that goes on and continues. That's one of the sources for a spiritual wound. Immorality. The Bible says when we connect with someone, when we are one physically, uh, it's like we're one spiritually as well. Something happens in the spiritual realm. And if that happened in our past, we can have a spiritual wound resulting from that. I mean, you can, people talk about wearing condoms, but there is no condom for our spirits. It doesn't protect us spiritually. And so sometimes we have a wound from that, and we need to ask Jesus to heal it. We don't cover it up to him. We pray the Lord in. Another spiritual wound we can have is through our bloodline or our family tree. It says in Deuteronomy 5.9 about God, for those who rebelled against God, he will punish the descendants of those even to the third and fourth generation. So sometimes you did nothing, but your parents, your grandparents, even your great-grandparents may have done something. And it's as if there is a curse on the family, or there is a shadow, there is a spiritual wound. Can I also say, that verse goes on to say, but the love of God lasts, goes to a thousand generations. So God's love and God's heart to heal and God's heart to bless is far greater than this. But the fact remains that we can have a wound from our bloodline. When I was about a year a Christian, I think I was 20, and in the church I was in, there was a prophet from the north of Ireland came, and he prophesied over myself and my sister that there was a curse in the family tree. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but I remember straight away it resonated with the stories I heard about my great-grandfather. His name was Felix McCarthy. He was a raging alcoholic. He beat his wife. He beat his kids. He used to come home at night and pull them all out of the bed. He was out of control. It was only last year when I finally had time in lockdown, I could research it. And I found the newspaper reports from 120 years ago, here in Cork, of him up in court. He caused terrible trouble. And I knew straight away 
that it was something to do with my mother's line. And we prayed and we broke any hold over our lives. You know what? The Christians in my family never had an issue from that day onwards. And I'm talking about children dying. And yet those who weren't Christians did have that issue. It was a powerful thing. And as I read those newspaper reports last year, I thought back of that prophet who's long gone home to heaven. And I thought of how he had the insight and the humility to share that. And we were blessed because of that. And maybe there is a spiritual wound in your life that has nothing to do with you or even your mum and dad. It may go back like it did in my life. Ah, that's mumbo jumbo. Really? Really? Is it? I don't think it is. It's very real. And I've seen the evidence, and it's totally biblical. Manipulation. Violence. Violence has a spiritual aspect to it. The Bible says, murder pollutes a land. I was reading an article about the most violent nations on earth. Ireland came out as the third most peaceful country on earth. Amen. Hallelujah, it did. And this isn't just someone who said, mm, I feel Ireland is really peaceful, no. This is the UN Global Peace Index. There's a whole load of criteria. It's quite strict, but some nations, it's just murder. I was reading about one nation in Central America that had one of the highest incidents and it's almost like there's a spiritual spirit, a power behind the murder going on in these communities. Violence has a spiritual aspect. Manipulation. What is the sin of witchcraft? Witchcraft is a witch or someone who practices the occult trying to control other people through illegitimate means illegitimate manipulation is like the sin of witchcraft it's trying to control someone through mind games through bullying through pulling strings through touching that issue where you know you're vulnerable at someone playing you manipulating you and by that means trying to control you there is i promise you a very clear line and connection between the spiritual realm and that also trauma and abuse can sometimes lead to spiritual wounds so all of this let's remember one of the names of God that comes from Exodus 15, 26, the Lord said to the Israelites, that's us today, if you obey me and follow my ways, then I will not allow the diseases the Egyptians or the people of the world have to come upon you. I am the Lord, your healer. This in Hebrew is Yahweh Rapha or Jehovah Rapha, the Lord or healer. Do you believe that Jesus heals today? I do with all my heart. Maybe not always in the way I think he should, but I believe God heals. And the Lord or healer is one of the names of God, like God our provider and so on. Yahweh Rapha. I pray Yahweh Rapha would move here today. Hallelujah and heal and heal and heal we're told in acts chapter 10 38 how jesus was anointed with power from the father and he went about healing all who were under the power of the devil now you'll get some people who go i don't know about all this healing stuff look at cop on okay 
You can't read the Bible and not deny that Jesus healed everywhere he went. Amen? Amen. And so often, sometimes, he would cast a demon out of someone. Now, is that spiritual or is it not? Of course it's spiritual. But we see here and in many other scriptures how the power over someone's life, even if it manifested physically, actually had a spiritual root. There are many. For example, once we read about a boy who had epilepsy and Jesus cast the spirit out of him. Does that mean everyone who has epilepsy has a spirit? No. A lot of the times, no. But sometimes there is a spiritual root to a physical problem. That's what the Bible teach, teaches. If we are people of faith, we believe and trust God's word. Amen? Amen. And not only that, we've seen the evidence of this. Seen it again and again. But he heals all those who are under that power. So if you have a spiritual wound here today, how can you and I take steps to recover from it? I'm trying to bring practical aspects as well as the spiritual aspects into it. Can I say, I'm not going to insult anybody's intelligence here today and say, one prayer and you're all healed. I see this as the beginning of a whole season, perhaps for the rest of the year, where we, and I pray, we will see healing on every level. But we begin with the spiritual, because so often that's the root. Um, Intercept starting in early September, we're beginning monthly evening gatherings where we have time to minister in the spirit and worship a lot more even than on a Sunday. So this is part of a whole season to come. But I want to look at if you're physically wounded and you're spiritually wounded, how can we go about this? So first in the physical, then in the spiritual, we read in Corinthians. Um, I was reminded of that beautiful verse from Isaiah 53. By his stripes, we are what? We're healed. He's a God of healing. If you remove Jesus or the Father or the Holy Spirit from the Bible, from healing, you, ha you almost have no Bible left. It's one of the central cores of it. So when I, years ago, uh, we bought a set of kitchen knives and they were called kitchen devils. We bought the devil into our house, okay? They were called kitchen devils and they were really sharp knives. And uh, I can remember one evening I was chopping the vegetables to do a stir fry in the wok and I wasn't paying attention and I stuck the knife into my hand by accident. I wasn't self-harming, okay? I can assure you. I just stuck it in by accident. So I had a very deep wound. It was bleeding. How did I respond to that? And I'm going to use that as an illustration in a couple of steps, how you and I can respond to spiritual healing. The first thing is you've got to cleanse the wound. I remember Denise said, give me your hand, ran it under the cold water, and first of all, cleanse the wound with water. And then Denise got um, antiseptic wipes and poured antiseptic and cleaned the wound. Similarly, spiritually, before God can heal you or me, we have to be clean. How do we do that? First of all, we have to forgive anyone who's hurt us. Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive others when they sin against you, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I'm not saying be a fool. I'm not saying forget about it. You don't want to be their friend maybe anymore. 
but you let go the hurts that they did to you. If you won't, that's your call, but you will not be healed. It is impossible for God to heal most of the time if we hold unforgiveness in our heart. So you clean your wound by forgiving anyone who's hurt you. Maybe they manipulated you. Maybe they physically did something to you. Forgive them. And once we've done that, we confess our sin. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus. This is what God does. Who here doesn't need this? We all need this. So clean your spiritual wound. You forgive others and you ask God to forgive you. And now our wound is clean. The next thing we do is we protect. I remember Denise wrapped around, wrap around bandage and lintment on my wound to protect the wound from picking up other infection. Because with your hand or with any wound, you're going to touch different surfaces. We know that Psalm 147 verse 3 says, The Lord heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. So he is the God who binds up our wounds. You and I need to make sure our wound is bound up. One of the big ways is our thinking. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you do have anger against someone, you got to stop that and you got to think and Pay attention to whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is of good report. Think on these things. Don't think on the negative, hateful things. If you feel fear or terror or a terrible low self-image or esteem, you can't allow that kind of thinking to go on in your head. You've got to believe what God says about you. I just want to speak prophetically to a woman here today. You feel really low. Your self-image is low. And God says, you are a daughter of the king. What are you listening to those lies for? Renew your thinking by being transformed. Out there, they'll tell you, if your body isn't the right shape, if you don't got the right face, if you haven't got the right clothes, then they won't accept you. Are you really going to believe that lie? I won't. You might say, if I was you, I wouldn't either. That's grand. Don't believe the lie. Let your thinking be transformed, not conformed. So that is part of protecting the wound. We're not going to allow it getting infected by lies. Monitor. This is maybe an old word, but I remember with that wound, a couple of days later, uh, Denise changed the wound. And when she changed the, sorry, changed the wrapping, the bandage, and when she was doing that, she checked it. Why? Because maybe it was infected. Maybe I picked up a bacterial or a viral infection. Maybe it was beginning to get poisonous. And that's why any time you have a wound, a doctor or a nurse will check it every few days. They'll change the, um, the bandages. Spiritually, you and I need to do the same. If we're on the process of healing, we need to be careful that the evil one doesn't infect us. You might know this verse, 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You know what his favorite meal is? 
Christian. That's his favorite meal. He loves to devour anyone, but particularly the Christian. So if you will, it's a bit like a virus or a bacteria that wants to poison your system. And if you don't look after a wound that is infected, it will eventually poison you and poison me. And we'll eventually get sick and perhaps even die. And I've seen too many people spiritually die because they got so far in the healing process and just stopped monitoring it and an infection set in. Step four, the scab. You might go, oh, that's awful. No, it's not. It's wonderful. As children, my mother was a nurse, and as children, when we would get scabs on our wounds from falling or whatever, we would try and pick the scab off our knee. Do you ever do that as a child? Never once did I do that. I wouldn't be caught. Anyway, we used to try and pick the scab off, and I remember my mum used to say, the scab is nature's bandage. Don't pick it off. It will fall off in its own time. And she was right. Spiritually, we have to accept there is a process of healing. I'll always remember at a, an evening we were doing, uh, there was a bunch of us laying hands and anointing people with oil. And I remember two people came forward the same night with the same issue, but they were separate. And they were just couldn't give up cigarettes. They found they had an addiction to them. I remember one woman, we prayed over her, and I'm telling you, the craving left her that second. Hallelujah. It was a miracle. She just stopped craving. She never went for the cigarettes again. Now, we weren't beating anyone up. This was their own thing, okay? But there was another guy came forward. He asked for prayer. We prayed over him, but it took him a long time. It was like eight, nine months, ten months, something like that, where he gradually began to overcome this, and God gave him power, but it was a more drawn-out process. One healing was an event, the other healing was a process. And sometimes, when we are recovering from a spiritual wound, it's a process, and the scab is a symbol of that. When we read the Bible, we can see it in many places. For example, 10 lepers came and asked Jesus to heal them. Jesus spoke to them and said, he said to the lepers in Luke 17, 14, go show yourselves to the temple priests. So, as they went on the journey, they were healed along the way. Jesus spoke the words of healing, but it was only on the journey the healing began to manifest. It didn't happen straight away. And there are many other verses like this. So don't give up hope if your healing isn't an event. Because sometimes it's a process, it's a journey. Amen? Amen. One more thing. The scar. I remember I had a scar for a while. Uh, and some scars last forever. Now, maybe it's a guy thing, but um, sometimes we're afraid or maybe even ashamed of the scars that we have. I can remember when I went to uh, Prez over in the Mardyke there, secondary school. I remember, I don't know, 13, 14, there was one guy in the class and he was a nasty piece of work. He really was. He was nasty. He was a bully. And he would pick on different guys. We all tried to avoid him. One day he picked on a quiet guy. And that guy, much to everybody's surprise, fought him back. He fought him back and he won. 
But I remembered the bully um, hit him in the face and he had a bit of a scar. There was fierce drama. But you know what? That scar was there for a while, but he wasn't hiding the scar. Every time the rest of us looked on at his scar, we didn't see, oh, your face isn't as nice as what it was or anything like that. We saw proof of what he had gone through. And we saw evidence that he stood up to the bully and we were in deep admiration of that guy. Let me remind you of Jesus after Calvary. He was wounded in his hands, wounded in his side. They put a spear into his side. And remember, after he rose from the dead, he appeared to the Christians all over. But Thomas hadn't been at church, so he didn't get to meet the risen Jesus. That's why we need to be part of the church regularly. Amen? Because we don't miss out. But Thomas came. And Jesus appeared, and we're told, Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, put your fingers on my hands and on my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus said, you can touch me, Thomas. You know what? If you're here for the first time and this is all new, you can touch Jesus today too. Hallelujah. If you're watching online, you can touch Jesus. But my question here today, in reference to spiritual wounds, is this. Why did Jesus, and why does Jesus still have scars? Why didn't he just say, I mean, he had a resurrected body, he was no longer subject to physical rules. Why did Jesus still bear the scars? You know why? Because he wasn't ashamed of them. Hallelujah. They were evidence of something wonderful that happened. So if God has done a healing in your life, don't be ashamed of it. In fact, be proud of it. Because it is evidence. It is evidence of where you've come from, of what you've endured. And it is evidence that the nail-pierced hands of the master craftsman, the master surgeon, the great physician, touched your life and touched my life. You know, when I was 10, I got my appendix out, and back then they didn't do keyhole surgery. They used to call for the local butcher who would bring in an old knife, and he'd open you up and pull out your appendix. Not quite that bad, but uh, it wasn't far off it, I think. But I got a 10 or 12 stitches. Still to this day, I have a scar, but you're not getting to see it, okay? <laughs> no. So you still have a scar, and you know what? It just reminds me of when I was 10, of what I went through, if I ever happened to see it. In the same way, spiritually, be comfortable with your scar, because it is a glory to God. Once I was lost, now I am found. Once I was sick, now I am healed. Once I was troubled by the devil, now I am set free. Once I lost all hope, now I am full of faith. Wear your scar. Don't deny where you come from, because this is giving glory to God. Um, just, just want to say to someone about the bloodlines, I, I don't know, I just sense this. Someone here is just wondering about their own family, and you're just wondering, is this true? There's a verse in the scripture where um, there was a man born blind, and as the disciples were passing him, they asked Jesus, do you see him over there? Is he blind because of something he did, or his parents did? And Jesus said, neither. 
He was born blind so that God would get the glory today. And sometimes it's us, and sometimes it's our parents, but sometimes God wants to have the glory in your life. So you know what? Wear the scar with a pride that gives glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. Your scars declare where you've come from, what you've endured, and how you have survived. So maybe you need to begin the journey today for spiritual healing. Or maybe you're on that journey, and you know what I want to pray for today? That you won't get weary. Because if your healing is a process, we're all human, and we can lose strength on the journey. The Bible calls it fainting. Fainting isn't dying. Fainting is where you lose it for a while, but you get consciousness again. I'm going to pray that you won't even faint. Are you up for that prayer? Praise God. And I also want to just give glory to God for those who have scars here today. Wear your scar with pride in what God has done.